So this is a text, this Acts text, that often turns on the latter half, right? Kind of after the earthquake had happened. I remember growing up hearing this story in church, and I often remember the whole, oh, hey, there was an earthquake, and if I were thrown in jail, I might be booking it out, go be free, but here's this Paul guy just sort of staying And the thesis always seemed to be similar in the sermons that I would hear about this. Be like Paul and do the right thing. And this builds on some of what we talked about last week, too, when we talked about evangelism, right? If you do the right thing, if you're willing to be with somebody and not upset them and not do the things that you shouldn't do, you may be rewarded with an opportunity to tell somebody about Jesus, But as I was reading the text this week, I realized that nothing in the latter half of this text would have happened had it not been for the first half. Paul and Silas would have had no reason to be in jail, no reason for the jailer to have come to Christ, all of that had it not been for the first half. And so I want to spend a little time talking about that, and in particular, the story of this slave girl who certainly doesn't get a whole lot of attention in the book of Acts. We've got about two or three mentions of her. But the entire story, everything that happens in this text hinges on this slave girl and what happens to her. Now, we don't know a whole lot about her. We don't know her backstory. We don't know her personality. We know some of the things that she said, and we know that apparently she is profitable. That seems to be the primary point that Luke wants to bring up in Acts today, that this slave girl was profitable. She made her owners a good amount of money. And according to Luke as well, she has a demon in her that would cause this divination to occur. There's some argument about this spirit. That because of this spirit now, she can proclaim these certain things, have particular insights into what's happening with Paul that no one else has. An unclean spirit. So what Luke tells us about this girl is that she is exploited in her sickness for the economic gain of her owners. The slave girl, profitable as she is, is exploited in her sickness for the economic gain of her owners. Now Paul gets annoyed at this, or really We don't know why Paul gets annoyed. All we know is that Paul tends to get annoyed a lot. That seems to be an M.O. of Paul. And oftentimes when he gets annoyed, he gets annoyed at the things that are going on around him. It's not too much longer that we'll hear about Paul at the Aragopagus, at the the marketplace, and looking around at all of the different statues, and he gets really, really angry at the statues and at the culture around him. We don't know precisely why in this moment, although it's not like what the girl is saying would have hurt them in their mission, right? It almost seems like the contrary. Here's this person announcing the cause. Hey, here are these folks. 
They're slaves of the Most High God. Hey, I think that's good. You know, have somebody who's calling you. Now, I don't know if I'd want that for a few days behind me. I think just the reality of having somebody constantly talking about me for four or five days would get kind of annoying. But she's selling his cause. Now, in this area, in this era, as you read some of the commentary, this kind of divination for financial gain was criticized a little bit. So maybe he was upset about that too. But either way, he, in some moment of frustration, casts out the spirit that's in her. And what happens? What do we hear about her? Just about nothing. She's worthless to her owners. That is the extent in which we know about the slave girl after this unclean spirit, after this demon, come out of her. She's now no longer financially an option for her owners. And then we're done. Paul and Silas are drug away. The owners have this argument, and it has nothing to do with the exploitation or the wrong of what was happening with this kind of work of exploiting some slave girl for the benefit of profit of her owners. Nothing. Just simply that Paul and Silas are disturbing the city. Disturbing the way things are, even if the way things are, are not right. Even if they're not the way that they should be. For healing the slave girl and limiting her exploitation, Paul and Silas were beaten, had their clothes stripped, and went to jail. But do you see the life springing from death, the holy story that we witness here? This, in this moment, all too easily skipped by because we're excited about earthquakes and Paul and Silas hanging out with the jailer. That this child of God was resurrected. This is death from life distilled in its most obvious. This child of God is free and sadly ignored. Now, I think justice has become a word that's bandied about in lots of negative ways. I think it's easy when we hear about justice, we imagine people yelling and screaming and throwing things and social justice warriors who are going to just cause chaos all over the place. And in most circles, I think the concept of justice has become devoid of most of its theological meaning. But this story right here, this holy story, this moment of resurrection of this child of God is justice. Now there's other kinds of justice in this story. Yes, Paul and Silas, their freedom from prison and the justice to the guard that he did not have to face his own death, but he too was saved. 
But the slave girl's liberation is another important sense of justice as well. And we cannot lose it in the sense of getting to the more exciting part at the end. Paul and Silas see some kind of systemic and cultural evil and exploitation. That somebody's main job was to maintain a demonic spirit in order to get money for the people who owned her. If that doesn't sound like something wrong, I'm going to struggle to find out what may be. And they work towards a corrective action. They recognize that this is wrong and this is evil and they cast the demon out of her. And it seems that they also realize that the people, the system may resist the change because you notice that the owners said nothing about, oh, well, you know, we had this slave girl and now we've lost our income. That's not even mentioned. The main crux of the evil issue is not mentioned. What is mentioned is, well, these folks are coming in and being a little bit of rabble-rousers. Maybe doing some things that we're not comfortable with, not happy with, not feeling like this is the neighborhood that we grew up in. What is this about? And I hope as followers of Jesus and believers in resurrection, because y'all were here on Easter, we find that the consequences of not working towards justice in this world are greater than the consequences of doing so. That the consequences of letting a slave girl continue to be exploited for profit is worse than potentially having the culture push back on us. And I hope that our recognition of the way things shouldn't be is greater than living in the comfort of the way things are. And I hope that we can keep looking for the exploited in our world, the exploited in Delaware, the exploited in Ohio, those who are exploited for financial gain, those who are taken advantage of by people who have more power than they do, those who are only known by the thing that controls them, known only by what they are and not who they are. We don't know who this girl is other than she is a slave girl who tells stories. What a tragic coda in the annals of history. But yet we know people who we write the same stories for. And so let's work to be a home on the hill for those who just recently have broken free. If this holy story, if our sense of justice means anything, it's that this church and the people in it can be a home, can be Paul and Silas to those who are saying, please help me be free. If there is any call that we can have, it is that. To be a safe place for people who have recently come free. 
so that they don't have to disappear in the history books because of later arguments about what is culturally significant, what has changed, what isn't changing, who will get beaten, who will get stripped of their clothing and tossed into prison. I know that tends to be the more fun argument. And meanwhile, the slave girl disappears. So let's bring them in. Let's let them know that we do not forget them. That we know them by more than what they represent. Because there, if we want to see the resurrection in our lives, boy, that's a good place to start. I used to be exploited, says the slave girl who is remembered. And someone told me that there is a life better, and I stand here today to say, I am free. Isn't that a story you want to hear? That the resurrection set someone free. Thanks be to God.